and thank you for tuning in to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by this week's message as we all live to bring more of heaven to earth. Hey, you know what? You guys are all looking great. You're looking good. I looked out my uh, window today and there were well over 200 goldfinches in my backyard. I don't think I've ever seen that many all at once. Just a huge flock of them. They were just everywhere. And I, I yelled at Lynn. I said, hey, look out the window. She was upstairs and she looked out and it was just like, oh my gosh, a lot of goldfinches. I don't know what it means, but prophetically it might mean a lot of gold is coming to our house. I'll take it. <laughs> you can take that word too. That's a good one to take to the bank with you. Um, I, la- look, last week's message on dreams was just absolutely incredible. I mean, Serena just did amazing. And then Dave came up to join her afterwards. She did such an incredible job in that message on dreaming with God. And um, before that, I had spoken a message on waiting on the Lord. Do you remember that uh, message? And I'm going to kind of like jump into that. And it's going to kind of tie into what Serena was saying last week. And uh, my wife and I were sitting on the front row last week. And when Dave Gale came up, now, you have to understand Dave Gale. Um, Dave Gale was probably about this big when he first started coming to church. Maybe a little, maybe. Yeah. And uh, to see them two up here at the end of the message yesterday was just so amazing to me. It's like, here, here's a generation hungry for God. We have, the younger generation is hungry for God. They're not hungry for religion. They're hungry for God. And I just loved seeing that. I loved seeing that last week. So I love you guys. I love you guys. I love all of you sitting out here, man. This is like, you guys are like, this is the best church in the world. It really is. The worship today, man, it's like, and, and we're blessed every Sunday. We get together and God shows up in the house and it's just like so amazing. And just never, never, never limit the capacity of God to do good things and invade us when we're doing things. My wife got a hold of that Steve Backman quote about a year ago. Whatever we do, add great faith to it. And we've been just going with that. It's like what we do, just add great faith to it. It's like because believe me, me, the doubts try to get louder than the faith, don't they? I'm going to talk about when your dreams are in the pit. Danny Silk says the greatest, that God is the greatest dreamer of all. And we are made to have desires and we are made to have dreams be fulfilled because we are made in God's image. And I look around and I, I see many different ages of, of life, spans of life right now. When the children are out here, we had younger, younger uh, kids that were, you know, here. And... Every age of life has a different season for the dream, right? It's like you, when, I, when I was a kid, I had some dreams. I had some dreams when I was a, a child, you know. Most of my dreams um, were, became a reality at Christmas Day, you know, but I still had good dreams, you know, about Christmas. I remember one Christmas in particular, I wanted this big, huge, um, a little 
H2O cars. They were little H2O cars. Not H2O, but HO cars. They were just little electric cars go around a racetrack, you know. And uh, how many remember Montgomery Wards? Anybody remember Montgomery? Oh, wow, see? Wow, we're all dating ourselves there. Wow. And uh, I walked into Montgomery Wards with my mom, and they had this huge display of HO cars. And it was the Golden Gate series of the HO kit. And it took up a whole 4 by 8 sheet of plywood. And it was set up in that store. And I was just drooling over that thing. I looked at my mom and I said, I want that for Christmas. You know what I heard? It's too expensive. Immediately my dream was like it was trying to be thrown into the pit by my own mother. Like my dream's going into the pit here. It's too expensive. So I'm, my mind's beginning to write it out, but my heart just never could let go of the dream. I just kept, I got to have that thing. So Christmas came, didn't get the racetrack. The next Christmas came around. I want that. Every time I go into Montgomery Wards, I said it. I want that race car track. I want that track for Christmas. Every time I walk, my mom was, she was almost programmed for it now. So on Christmas Eve, I heard a thump, bang, and a noise coming into the house. And my room was next to the living room. And I... I mean, if this was Santa Claus, I wouldn't see if he's bringing in a house because I knew it was big. And I could hear my dad's voice and my grandpa's voice, and they're both, they're both talking, trying to get this huge 4 by 8 sheet of playroom with the racetrack around this tight corner in the hallway. I cracked open that door, and I looked, and I went, oh, do you think I slept that night? No. <laughs> and so what, what do I hear from my room? My dad and my grandpa testing out the racetrack. <laughs> it was torture. <laughs> Absolute torture, man. I wanted to get out there and say, <gasps> but I waited till the morning and act surprised. <laughs> so we found out after Serena's message last week that Tyler Johnson, who is going to be coming out here soon, either getting ready to put their house on the market and find a house out here to move. Tyler Johnson spoke on that Sunday, last Sunday, and it was almost identical to what Serena spoke. And so when I saw that, I watched his too, and I went, you know, God is really speaking here to us, church. He's really, he's talking. Like, your dreams are important to him. Your desires are important to him. He puts these desires and these dreams in our hearts, right? Right? So I, th- I, I immediately think about Abraham. We're going to go back here and, and I'm going to do a very quick highlighted thing because it is Pizza Sunday after all. And every time it's a Pizza Sunday, the speaker has to cut it short. And I, I, I want to honor that because I'm already hungry for that pizza out there. It's like I can almost smell it wafting. No, just kidding. Abraham. See, when when children were only in Abraham's dream stage and desire stage, God brought him a promise. And it wasn't like God brought him a promise and then Abraham got the desires. There's an order to this. Abraham had the desire and then God brought the promise. 
God gave him promised descendants as multiple as the stars in the sky. I just wonder before that promise came what Abraham was, was thinking. You know, he's a young man starting out in life, married, got a good wife. They're happy. And I, I imagine he's, he's thinking big family like, you know, Man, I'm going to have boys that are going to help me with the chores, girls that are going to help mom around the house. It was a long time ago. And, and so he's like, he's dreaming, right? I mean, he's dreaming as a young father, as a young man. Before he's even a father, he's having this dream of children. And God gives him this promise. Descendants as multiple as the stars. Yet he was married to Sarah, who was the love of his life. And she was barren. So he's got these dreams. He's got, he's got a beautiful wife. He loves her. She loves him. They're married together, but they can't have children. I would estimate probably 75 years that they waited to have children before they turned in their 90s, late 90s. And he and her were past the age of bearing children when God shows up. And said, by the time this next year, Sarah's going to have a child. Past the age of bearing children. And it's like Abraham and Sarah are like, uh, you're a little late, God. You're a little behind the times. Okay, the, the window has closed. It says in the Bible that Sarah laughed from within her tent. And it was a mocking laugh. Like, this is crazy. And yet it happened. Came true. She conceived. And you can imagine the joy in the tent when Isaac was born. Abraham's a hundred years old and he becomes a new father. In the new covenant, Abraham's called the father of all those who believe. And there's a reason for that. Because when his dream of having children was put on hold for all those years, he never let go of God. He never went into a perspective that says, God has abandoned me. He's forsaken me. My dreams are not important to him. It's very obvious that I don't count in his mind. He's let me live all this time without children. I might as well get used to the fact I'm not going to have kids. He could have had that mentality. He could have had that perspective in his mind. But instead, he chose to believe that God is good and that God is faithful and that God gives us promises. When God makes a promise, he keeps a promise. He doesn't turn away from it. I said in the beginning of this year that I believe that this year is a fulfillment of dreams. that many people in this room are going to have long-awaited dreams fulfilled in your life. I don't know who. Yeah, that's a good, you can clap for that. That's good, Margo. I love you, Margo. You're just always so, just, I just really believe you've been holding on to some dreams that are going to come into reality. Uh, it's not a false hope, not a false promise. It's not a lucky guess. I just believe it's a season that we're in. And some of us have waited a long time for dreams to come into 
a reality. And I believe that this year there's going to be some fulfillment of those dreams. Now, this doesn't mean that every single one of you are going to have your dreams fulfilled. I have to clarify that because I don't know. It doesn't mean every one of my dreams are going to be fulfilled. I don't know. But I just know there's going to be a fulfillment this year in a big way of dreams. And I believe it. And so it's me. I'm not saying, thus says the Lord, your dreams are going to be fulfilled this year. I'm just saying I really do believe that this is going to be taking place. Though the dream tarry, wait for it. It's a beautiful verse. It's really a verse we all don't really like that much. Because it talks about us needing to have some patience. But though it tarry, wait. I believe that these dreams that we carry inside, these desires that we have inside, to even be happy. And desire to be happy, right? I believe these dreams come from God, that he is like, he's with us, not against us. He's for us, not opposed to us. He, he loves us. He doesn't despise us. He doesn't, he doesn't see you wake up in the morning and say, oh, my God, she gives me a headache every day. Oh, my gosh, he gives me such a pain in the head. He doesn't wake up. And say that about us. He's got good thoughts for us. He knows the plans that he has for us. And they're good plans. Plans to succeed. Plans to come about. You have good desires in your heart, you guys. You have good things in your heart. And they've been put there because the creator of the universe made you in his image. And you ever notice that God's, I don't know, his promises, they, they kind of seem out of time. You ever notice that? They're kind of like, his timing's a little off. Like Abraham, right? A little off here. So 99, and I'm going to have a kid. A little off. So some, sometimes they seemingly seem out of season. They're rarely instantaneous. And I'll tell you what, our human nature wants to control. We, we want to control the timing of his promises. We want to control the events. Don't we? Come on. Or is it just me? Just hurry this along, God. Come on. I mean, our human nature wants to control the timing of the promise. Sarah wanted to control the timing of the promises. So she actually gave up her concubine to Abraham as a surrogate, to be a surrogate mother. Right? Control the promise because it's not coming about. It's taking too long. God is going too slow. That's like in our human nature. That's one thing that we have to battle when it comes to God's promises. It's like he, he's faithful to keep his promises. It, there's a timeline and we, I, there's a mystery to the timeline. I, only God knows why Abraham and Sarah had to wait so long to have their first child. And they kept having this promise, kept having this promise. Every time God would speak to Abraham, the covenant, the covenant would would uh, have a couple new dimensions to it. Stars, numerous as stars, the, the sky. Numerous as the sand of the sea, but it was still the same covenant, still the same promises year after year after year. And Abraham refused to get in his mind that God is not faithful to keep his promises. He refused to entertain the idea of doubting God. He held on. Hold on. Just a little bit longer now, baby. Okay. 
You know, patience to us is like a child on Christmas morning who has waited months to open the biggest present underneath the tree. Faunching at the bit every morning, he gets up, he sees the present under the tree, and he's like, I'm dying to see what's in that box. Yeah. Well, I thought that was a good illustration. I believe Abraham had a dream of the children's heart long before God gave him the covenant. And I, I feel like the, the, the reality, okay, the reality of the promises coming to us, the reality of our dreams, when God affirms our dreams, it's like a creative pathway to our destiny. I'll tell you what, right now, God's speaking in dreams. He's speaking in dreams. And I I will say this about the dreams. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Don't seek the dream before you seek God. Seek God, seek the dream. You can have the desires before God shows up in a promise. That's fine. But do not put the cart before the horse. Seek God and all these things will be added to you. He's good. He has plans for you. He knows what your plans are. Bring your dreams to him and let him affirm them and bring about the promise. There are dreamers among us. We got dreamers among us. Cindy dreams. My wife dreams. I used to dream. And I'm old and beyond dreams. <laughs> old, old men dream dreams, I'm told in the Bible, but I don't seem to be having very many of them. See, your perspective is like so key to opening up the destiny, opening up the pathway to your destiny. It's so key to keep the right vision of God in your heart and in your mind. There are dreamers among us, and I have one thing to say about dreamers. Treat them with respect. Be thankful for them and treat them with respect because they're dreamers. They've got big ideas. They've got good things stirring up inside of them. Be thankful for them. Encourage them. Joseph was Abraham's great-grandson. He was 17 years old when he has this dream. He has this dream of his brother and his mom and dad bowing down before him. They are falling down. It's sheaves that he sees and his sheep is standing upright and his brothers and his father's sheaves are all bowed down before him at his feet. 17 years old and God is already speaking to him through dreams. Now, you know, I don't know. I didn't know Joseph when he was 17. I read about the story here in the scripture and I know myself as a 17 year old. I was quite arrogant What's what's the word when you think you're good looking? <laughs> conceited, arrogant, conceited. Thought I had the best best ideas in the world. Everybody should be like listening to me. My parents, I shouldn't listen to my parents. They need to listen to me, right? I'm 17. <laughs> when I was 18, I had a uh, American uh, problems teacher in high school who said, "When you're an adult, your parents can't tell you what to do." I tried that one out at home. He didn't know my parents. 
I didn't, it became very obvious to me. 17-year-old, he got a dream of his brothers bowing down before him. He tells his dream to his brothers. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't, that flew like a lead balloon, right? And they, they didn't like him anyway because he was like daddy's favorite. Jacob had made a coat of many colors, gave it to him. They were already upset. They already knew this is, this is dad's favorite, man. We don't stand a chance. This guy's got it all together. Here's that dreamer. Here he comes. Jacob sends him out to find his brothers. He's going out to find them. They see him come from a distance. Here comes a stupid dreamer brother of ours. Yeah, man, I can't stand him. He's such a jerk. Man, he just thinks he's in with dad. He thinks everything's going to be his as his inheritance. He's so arrogant. He thinks that we're going to bow down to him. I don't know which brother it was, but one of them says, let's kill him. They all say, yeah, yeah, let's get rid of him. Let's let's do away with him. I'm thinking, what kind of brothers are these? Right? I mean, it's like, these are stepbrothers. Okay, but still, let's kill the dreamer. And that paints an amazing story to me is that dreamers can have their dreams shut up by other people. Other people can try to control the dreamer's dream. They see him coming. It was one of the brothers said, no, let's not kill him. Let's just put him in this pit. So they took the robe off of him, threw him in a pit, tore his robe up, put lamb's blood all over it, brought it to their dad. Said, a lion's got your son. We found his robe out in the field. Looks like a lion devoured him and killed him. Your son is no more. Jacob grieves. He's broken. He's devastated. I'm doing a very quick snapshot of the story to get to where we're going, but this is what's happening in this guy's life. He's in a pit thrown there by his brothers. His dreams are locked up. It looked like he's about as far away from the reality of them bowing down to him as he could possibly get. And I don't know whether he's down in the pit crying out, Brothers! I've seen that movie. It's a good movie, and portrayal of him at the bottom of the pit crying out brothers save me get me out of here brothers all through the night all through the day brothers one of them gets a good idea let's sell them let's make some money they sell him he gets taken off into egypt The master Potiphar buys him as a slave. He's so prosperous in everything that he touches. Everything he touches in Potiphar, it's like Midas, the Midas touch. Everything's everything's successful. Everything turns gold. Potiphar sees him and says, I'm going to put your manager of my whole household. Puts the manager of the whole house. He goes from a pit to a slave to a manager of Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife just desires him. He has, and this is what I want to point out, he has not let go of God and his dream because he refused to go to bed with her. Takes off out of the house. She has his robe. She falsely accuses him, says he's raped me. He's 
molested me to Potiphar. Potiphar throws him in prison. He goes into prison. He's in jail. He's in prison with a bunch of prisoners. He doesn't deserve to be in jail, doesn't deserve to be in prison. But while he's in prison, because of his attitude and because of his heart, because he doesn't let go of the promises that God has shown him, he's still working this thing, man. He's still working it inside. God gave me a promise. He told me that my brothers and my mom and dad are going to bow down before me, that somehow, I don't know how, I don't know when, somehow this is going to come about. He's still holding on to the dream. He does so good in the prison that the prison guard puts him in charge of the entire prison because he's he's like organizing the prison in such a way that the prisoners are actually living in peace with one another and not killing each other in prison. And everything he does in prison is turning out to be successful. Through a series of events, they find out, Pharaoh finds out that he's great at dream interpretation and so he comes before Pharaoh, interprets Pharaoh's dreams. Pharaoh said, okay, let's put you in charge of all of Egypt's possessions. And he puts him in charge of Egypt. He's the second highest in command in the world empire of Egypt. From a whole to second in command of Egypt. Why? Because God's favor is on his life and he won't let go of God. He won't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Hold on to the feeling. Oh, boy. Listen, let me tell you something about faith. Even though doubt tries to shut it up, even though people want to shut it up, even though there's someone always more than willing to shut up your dream. Faith never lets go of it. You just hang on with faith. You just hang on with your faith. Genesis 46, 6 to 12. I'm going to read this because it's, so, it's just so good. It's better than I can say it. Now, Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who sold. It was he who sold to all the people of the land. Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. And then he said to them, where do you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. And so Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Kind of gives you an idea of the timeline, right? It's like when you haven't seen someone for a really, really long time, they look different. Then Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them. And he said to them, you're spies. You've come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said to him, no, my Lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We are all one man's son. We are honest men. (laughs) Your servants are not spies. And when he sees his brothers bow before him, he understands the timeline of events. He says to them, what you meant for evil, God meant for the good. He understands that the reason he's in the position that he's in is to preserve the legacy of his family. 
to preserve his brothers. It's, it, it's a, a wonderful story, and, and I've gone through the quick timeline. I encourage you to read the entire story because it's just so amazing to see that God sees so clearly a picture that we can't. He knows the things that lie ahead of us that we don't know. He has this clear understanding of what is in our future. And we're just like starting it. You know what I mean? Like we get a dream in our heart. It's like a desire in our heart to see something come about. We start it. We don't know what the future holds. We just start it. He holds the future. He has us in his hands. He's going to order things to bring them about. Romans 8, 28, we know the things that work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. All things can work together for the good to those who love God. And Joseph never let go of God. He kept him right there in his heart. And God never let go of Joseph. I love that. You know what? He loves you as much as he loves Joseph. He loves us. He cares about us. He's concerned about us. He hasn't given up on you. He's not going to. We sing that song. He just won't quit. He's always faithful. And he's always good. Romans 16 says this. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. i like you just to stand up at this point in time, because that's like, I, I feel like there's, there, there's a mystery to not knowing the, the, the timelines of the dreams that you may have carried in your, your heart. Some of you maybe for years have had certain dreams that you've been carrying, and you haven't seen the fulfillment of those dreams. And there's a mystery as to why. But what we're going to do right now is if, if there is a block, if there's some kind of an enemy thing, if the uh, brothers are throwing your dreams into the pit with you, <laughs> we're just going to cancel it out right now in Jesus' name. All right, so Lord, we just speak a release to the promises of the dreams. Every single person in this room, you know by name, you know by heart, you know the number of their hairs, and some of us made it easier for you to count than others. But you know... Every single person in this room, you have watched them grow and develop to come to the point that they are at right now. You know what lies ahead and you know what's lied behind. 
and you are faithful and good to keep your promises. Anything that the enemy is throwing in the pathway to block a believer's dreams from coming true, we cancel it now in Jesus' name. We speak by the authority of Christ. Who says no weapon formed against you will prosper? And we release that over this house right now. For dreams to come into fulfillment, for promises to come about in the timing according to as you have measured time. I thank you for this house. I thank you for all that are here today. And I thank you for every single person. You've measured them. You've seen them. It's as if it's it's as if you know our hearts and they're they're good hearts. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit faithworship.org.